0: been longing that i feel like it's it's like two weeks how long have i been bumming at your house
1: i'm claiming you as a dependent on my taxes next
0: year good somebody needs to somebody needs to take advantage of it
1: i I need i need to exploit you as much as i can
0: i'm moving in that's why i've been moving all my stuff into that that empty room because i i'm just i'm just claiming that it's just squatters rights you you have your own
1: bedroom here you have we have at the plug it in hostel the Darwin the Suite, plug,
0: the plug it in, in the plug it in, in oh the plug it oh. in, I N N, mm. there you go. I want, I want, I want twenty you percent,
1: you want, <laughs> just for that. You want naming rights? <laughs> naming rights.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? What I I find so interesting is ever since I've been in the area, you and I, I mean, as many times as I've I've been to your place now, I feel like over the last year, you know, the Smokies are very close, so we go up there. You have a lot of, um, state forest national forest in your area. So I, yeah. I feel like to a point in this part of the country um, in specific, it there are so, there's so much outdoor recreation, right? Like yeah. so much. So I find it so interesting that over the past year, the couple of times that I've come here, we've went up to the Smokies and and you're organizing these cleanups and stuff. But the lack of people that kind of want to get out there and do that and and how, trashed, you know, as we'll get into this, this conversation, how the Smokies in particular are, I mean, I've been to a lot of national parks, I've spent a ton of time in national parks, um, national monuments, national forest. And I would say just from what I've seen from the couple times that I've went with you, the Smokies might be like one of the most trashed, like pieces of public land I've ever been on. Yeah. Without question. Which is mind blowing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, I've made several several posts and I kind of get a few people's I I see them cringing every time I do it but you know if the Smokies are the most visited national park in the nation and we're talking you know year before last it was 12 million people and where people are trash is then that equally means the Smokies are the most trashed national park in the United States which is insane and since mid-December since we started Save Our Smokies Um, A friend of mine, Jerry, actually started it uh, not long after we encountered the whole Max Patch debacle, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But since mid-December, we've removed 12 truckloads of trash out of the park, and we're only meeting like once a month.
0: So, folks, if you haven't picked up on it yet, today's episode I really wanted to sit down with uh, with Benny, um, also known as Plug It In, um, for some of you that probably follow on social media really wanted to sit down and have a conversation really about two topics one of those topics is um responsible stewardship and basically stepping up to protect what is yours and giving back and and doing what you can to make sure that others are also you know treating the lands right treating our public lands right and our our state lands and you know basically everything that we all recreate on. I I would assume if you're listening to this podcast um, titled Outdoor Evolution, you have something to do with the outdoors, I would hope. Or maybe you're just here on a whim. And if so, hopefully you'll learn something. Um, But the other thing is this very interesting kind of byproduct of that. Um, And that is the term that sometimes this makes people cringe. I think a lot of people take it out of context, but that is, gatekeeping and what gatekeeping means and is it a positive thing is it a negative thing and I guess to a point like how much of a gatekeeper quote-unquote you have to be to you know be a responsible steward does that make sense like
1: yeah I, I want me a t-shirt that says I'm the gatekeeper yeah. <laughs> I've been called gatekeeper Gatekeeper, so many times, it's ridiculous. You will need
0: somebody that has one that says, I am the key master. I'm the key master. It's a Ghostbusters reference. Yeah. But we realize that you might not have ever seen Ghostbusters. That's very so. highly possible. I am
1: like TV and movie illiterate.
0: illiterate. Yeah. 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 Pretty much.
1: Yeah. You know, I, for me, responsible stewardship goes into something just totally bigger than just leave no trace. Right. You know, if you speak, leave no, and here's where I picked it up. Speaking leave no trace to tourists that are coming into the Smokies. They just glaze over. It's like, what? Like you're speaking another language. They don't understand that. Sure. So that's why I picked up responsible stewardship. I'm just putting two words together that were just in a normal English language. Everybody knows what responsible is. Everybody knows what stewardship is.
0: Do you think, though, that folks and like I know you and I have had a conversation about this a lot. Um, Do you think that that folks like that are, say, local to the area or people that are visiting um, from out of the state, the people that are, say, throwing their trash on the side of the road, people that are, you know, not following leave no trace principles, do you think it's because people inherently don't care? Or do you think it's because people aren't properly educated? I mean, I,
1: I personally think it's a lack of integrity. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah, they know nobody's watching, right? They're just gonna toss it out their window.
0: Because yeah, because that's something that you know. I used to say I. I think that it's not that people are bad; it's just that people haven't been properly educated. But then there's also a part of me that thinks, you know, like it, it's it's kind of like knowing like not to go play in the street in traffic, right? It's just yeah. something that Common you sense. know, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just you're told that from a young age, and I feel like throwing a beer can out the window is something that you also, it's just common sense. Like you just don't do that. Right. Well,
1: and it's a multi-level tier situation too. Number one, you're drinking and driving.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Number one, you already know that's a no, no. And then
0: you think that's a Tennessee thing. Oh, uh,
1: of course.
0: (laughs) North Carolina thing. Of course. Some some good old boys driving through the park and just kind of throwing stuff. Of course.
1: I mean, there's no question. I personally feel that a lot of trash that we encounter in the Smokies are locals. Yeah. I honestly think that, you know, I know growing up, you know, my grandparents lived at the very edge of the Cumberland mountains. Yeah. You've seen a portion of those, how that is, how you have like a sheer cliff face.
0: Totally.
1: It's that way, 30, 40 miles up the road, same thing. And my grandparents just threw their trash off the edge of the cliff. Yeah.
0: That's just, that's just
1: the way they did things back then. They didn't even think. And for me, I just felt like, you know, Seeing everything, you know, you can drive up and down this road in front of my house and you see trash.
0: Yeah.
1: Every week I pick trash up out of my yard from people throwing it out, driving up and down the road. That's not tourists. Those, Those are locals. They just don't care. You know, like you say, they don't give a shit. So they're just throwing it out. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's just, just easy just to get rid of it. Right. You know, the, the park service, uh, the Smoky Mountains Park Service has a initiative that they started about eleven years ago called Pack It Out. Right. They removed a lot of the bear canisters, totally. you know, bear trash bins yeah, yeah. from the pull-offs and all the things like that, to to kind of eliminate that interaction between people and wildlife because bears were still coming in yeah. to try to like because they smelled the the food or trash whatever it is. So. You know, they removed that, and they did this huge campaign on it. You know, pack it out. You know, make sure you take out what you bring in. You know, keep the smokies clean, all that. And Then they stopped. Right. 11 years down the road, you know, I was in a meeting with them you, probably a couple of weeks ago. Do
0: you think the pack it out thing, like the intentions behind it, do you think that was a good thing? Absolutely. But it turned into, obviously, like people were just like, oh, well there's no trash can here. So what else am I supposed to do? I'll throw it on the ground. So I guess now it kind of, I guess it turned bad, right? Like, do you feel like they should put them back?
1: I feel like at this point they should put them back because they failed to continue that message. Right. You give the message initially, but then you stop. Right. I mean, you're looking at 12, 13 million people visiting every year. Yeah. Those are different people, but you know, chances are there's a lot of different people. Those people aren't receiving that message. And then also you have enforcement. You don't have rangers out to enforce anything. Sure. So people are just. I've seen actual back seats of vehicles, you know, like the back bench seat, yeah, you pull out yeah, of an yeah. SUV, yeah. sitting in a like a pull off at one of the well pull offs in the Smokies. That's insane. They just empty their vehicle, whatever they don't want, they're going to dump it. That's insane, isn't it? You know, and chances are that's a local. I'm not saying that it's not going to be. You know tours, sure. throwing stuff down. I mean, going to Turkey back late or early last year before COVID hit. Yeah. We're walking along the shoreline of the Black Sea. Yeah. The trash was unreal. Yeah, I remember you saying. Going that. into Istanbul, the trash was unreal. We were having these epic sunsets, and you couldn't take a good picture without getting trash in Tons in the trash. thing. Instead of my focus on...
0: I was about to ask you, when was the turning point for you with all of this? Because, you know, obviously you've lived here for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've hiked probably more than anybody in the Smokies at this point. Yeah. Um, when was kind of the turning point whenever you started seeing... I mean, obviously it's something you see all the time. You know, And I think as all, you know, long-distance hikers or climbers or whatever you do in the outdoors, if you, like, if you're, if you recreate in the outdoors it's something you see like whether you like are really paying attention to it or not you know that you see trash and whether you're picking it up or not like it's there and it's just kind of become a part of it so for you when was the big turning point of like of it really starting to affect you like like what is it that that what was the one thing that really made you start paying attention to it of like hey look at all this shit and and why you know who's Who's doing anything about this? And then basically taking it upon yourself to start doing something about it.
1: Yeah, you know, it was last year. But even though walking along ninety miles along the coast of the Black Sea, and walking into Istanbul, and doing all that and seeing all that trash, that still didn't affect me. Yeah, for whatever reason, in my brain, I was thinking that's over there. That's not here. Right. So on a trip to, I went to Asheville to be on a little. TV show, little show a uh, couple friends were doing. And I figured, okay, I'll stop by Max Patch, you know, camp there for tonight. I don't get to do that very much. Right. So I figured I'd just crash there for the night. And this was mid-September, maybe early September. And I remember getting there and I set up on this little ledge off, not on top of the patch, but off to the, I guess that would be the southern southern side before it drops off, yeah, that yeah. little lip. That's where I set up. 'Cause it was gonna be far away from everything. Yeah. And I remember laying there because I got there early and hearing just all the traffic, all the people. Sure. Just one person after another coming up. And I remember just laying there in my tent and hearing all these college kids walking up and, you know, a few of them were like, Is that a tent? Because right. I was I was sleeping in <sighs> a yeah. duplex yeah. in my in its camo. I guess they've never seen that before. Right. It wasn't sold at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I listened to that for like Hours, and I got out and started walking around that little spot where I was at. Yeah. I found a trash pile, and it had blankets, quilts. Not like the backpacking quilts. It's like quilt out of your mama's closet. Yeah. Pillows, empty trash bags, beer bottles, TP, TP everywhere, feminine products, you know, everything, feces, you name it. Everything was there. Yeah. And I was just appalled by it. So I started taking, started taking pictures, even did a little, um, Instagram story on it sure. and just happened to have some friends that were coming by and they said, Hey, we'll help you pack that out. Yeah. So we packed it out. I packed it up. We cleaned that up at that little area. And I remember, you know, the next morning thinking, I wonder, I wonder if this spot is like that. There's hardly what anybody the here. It's
0: like, yeah.
1: what is the rest of it? Like, so. The next morning, I went up top, and it was just horrific. Why do you think,
0: though, like, I just find it interesting, like, if, I mean, where you live and what you have access to, and, you know, hiking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles to the Smokies. Um, For anyone that's listening that doesn't know, Benny holds well i guess you don't have it anymore because when i took it right yep Ooh, source
1: subject Ah, no actually it's cool bastards Um. (laughs) i held it for three years it's like come on so for three years
0: benny had the fkt of what's what's called the smokies 900 so there's what how many is it's not 900 miles right how many miles technically is it in the smokies it's
1: actually 800 miles and i actually had that for i set two different records so why is it called the the 900 then? because a long time ago there was 900
0: okay that makes sense yeah the
1: park decommissioned and different trails because they were either damaged from storms and they just didn't have the personnel to clean it. But they just, they still call it 900, just tradition and stuff. Well, because most people are going to actually hike 1500 miles to 2000 in order just to get that stuff like that. So,
0: so yeah. So, you know, Benny has spent a lot of time in the Smokies. And as we just talked about at the top of this episode, you know, it, to this point, if you've spent any time there, you'll know it is the most trashed national park in the country. And, I mean, you said that to me last year and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, but like, and the more I kind of thought about it and the more I've, you know, I've, I've come out here over the last year, the few times, um, you know, living out West for so long and, and kind of almost forgetting, you know, my first national park was the Smokies. That was where I, that first park I ever went to was the Smokies. I didn't really think about it. And then I kind of started putting more thought behind that. Every time I'd go out to a park or, um, you know, just being out, just being out on the West Coast and thinking about even like Yosemite, it's like, you just don't see trash like that. You, you don't see it at all. Like, you know, obviously here and there, you know, you see stuff and you're on trail and you pick up like a cliff bar wrapper or you're in a parking lot, you see a Coke can that fell out somebody's car or something like that, but not like on the level that is going through that park. Mm -hmm. So even though you've spent so much time in that park, you've spent so much time in in all of the state parks and and, and national forests and stuff around here. What do you think it was about that incident that made like? What do you think it was that woke you up about that? Do you think it was just that, or were there other things that you were seeing and 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 something else that just kind of you know made the light bulb go off?
1: Well, you know. Whenever it comes to Max Patch, yeah, you know, I think it was just so traumatic because that's some place I'd hiked through many times. To me, that was almost like holy ground, right? Many through hikers, you know, that is very special place for them. yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you through hike the AT, that is a very, very special place, yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
1: and even though I've never through hiked the AT or anything like that, you know, I section hiked back in. 2016 a good portion of the at but yeah. anyways max patch is very special I, i've camped there in negative 14 degree temps yeah. you know it's it's why? one of those places that i <laughs> why i love Damn torture it. i love cold torture
0: <laughs> you have to
1: but yeah you know for me it was traumatic almost um, that's the best way i can explain it yeah. you know it was like a traumatizing situation where you know not to make light of that whole situation trust me i, I know all about that yeah. but um it affected me kind of that way. It was like, then it became real. It wasn't in some foreign country. It was in my backyard. It was in my state. It was in the neighboring state. It was happening here.
0: It was on your trail. It was was on on
1: my trail. It was on, on my public lands, you know, and it was really shocking, you know, and the day that I was there, another friend was there later that evening and took a drone footage. Took a drone photo. Right. He wasn't over any populated, you know, spots. You know, he's off to the side, but he took this drone photo. There was probably like 400 tents on top of Max Patch. Wow. You know, it's not that big.
0: Right. Oh, no. And they were like. Not big enough for 400 tents.
1: They were camping (laughs) in spots that you would never guess that you would ever want to camp there because it was just so like lopsided. Sure. But they were any spot that they could put a tent. It was there. Yeah. And so many fire pits. That made so many burn burn spots on top of that land. They were pulling up the AT post, you know, with the blazes, pulling them up and burning them. They were chopping down little saplings and little trees coming up the side trails and burning those. I That's mean, insane. just the disrespect was just off the charts. And you couldn't couldn't really step. Had to watch what you where you step because there's feces and TP everywhere. Man, it was just. It was like I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I'm, I made a post. My my buddy posted his picture, and I used his picture along with yeah. some pictures I took from that same trip, and that post went viral. It reached over a million people right. or shared so many like crazy times, both Facebook and Instagram. I had newspapers, TV stations from North Carolina and Tennessee all reaching out to me. Backpacker magazine carried it. And you know it was just everybody was so outraged, they were so mad and and pissed. So the following weekend, we're like, "Hey, we're doing a cleanup." Right. And the U.S. Forest Service, North Carolina Forest Service, there for Pisca, they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll be there to like support you." We had eleven people show up.
0: Yeah, and you know, I kind of, I, I was, I was gonna say. I, I think what I, I really watched, I mean, you and I have been friends for a couple of years now. Just a couple of days. A couple of days. We've known each other for a couple of days. Yeah. Now That's, I live at his house.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Since you put in my driveway.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I think just like I- any of us, right? Like like me and, and like a lot of other people, a lot of hikers, um, outdoor recreators, I guess, that have social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or whatever, um you know you were posting things just like any quote unquote influencer where you were posting pictures of you doing doing hikes and posting pictures of gear and sponsored stuff and yeah. and, and and tagging companies and then all of a sudden i really watched you know you and i spent some time together in 2019 in Scotland hiking across Scotland um so, you know, obviously I was used to following your stuff and, and seeing what mm-hmm. you posted. And then I really watched it just go from that and all that instantly fade away and it go totally to this other thing. And I, what I wanted to wrap in with that is I, th- I think it's interesting because, like you said, when you see something like that that affects you on the internet, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or something you do get pissed off and you say, Hey, well that affects me. That's, that's part of my life and my culture and my community. Mm-hmm. And you get pissed and and you post things and you repost things and whatever. But what I find interesting is I would say about 99% of people, they get mad and then that's it. And then yep. it's, it's almost like it's a fad, right? And yeah. something I've noticed, you know, personally with w- even with my own stuff you know last year outdoor evolution launched a campaign called hashtag give a shit where we really tried to get a lot of companies to kind of back with the outdoor industry to give our with the outdoor community to give back to public lands give a percentage of their yeah. sales back to public lands and when we first launched it i saw a ton of people that were posting the hashtag give a shit all these other influencers and and through hikers and you know Whatever they want to call themselves, right? Yeah. YouTubers or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it died out. It was like a fad. I, I feel like there was this thing last year, and there was a lot of issues that happened last year with COVID and with social issues and everything that happened. And I watched all of these things become a real big issue for about a week and then just go away. But you held on and you kept doing it to where that's now become your main message of what you're talking about and what I wanted to ask you is why a why didn't you go back to posting the regular stuff and why did you keep on that And 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 B or number two I can't remember if I said A or B <laughs> number um,
1: two is poop number two <laughs> w-
0: what it is poop um why do you think that other outdoor influencers, or YouTubers, Instagrammers, whatever you want to call them, I I think all these labels are goofy as hell. I think we're all just people completely posting the same shit on social media. Personally, why do you think that they rally behind something real quick and then like they're they're just back to doing their normal thing, you know? And and before you answer this, I I, I want to put it out there, you know, the point of this podcast as as you know, the p- point of this conversation, as I've talked about in the past on some other episodes, is not to point a finger. And it, it's it's not to tell somebody that they're doing wrong. It's really just to have a conversation about it. You know, I'm not trying to solve the world's problems. I've tried to do that shit over the last couple of years. Work. And it doesn't work because people don't pay attention. Because mm-hmm. people only have attention for about a week. And yep. then they're on to the next fad, right? So yep. I'm not trying to solve the world's problems. I, just, I find it fascinating how there, there are these very select few of us. We'll call ourselves gatekeepers. <laughs> Ooh, I want the t-shirt. A bunch of buttholes just tightened up. I want the t-shirt. I wear large. But why there's just, out of all the people, I mean, it's saturated, man, right? Like YouTubers. There's so many people oh, yeah. making backpacking YouTube media or outdoor media or van life media. Yep. There's so many Instagram accounts. Why there's only a few selectivists that tend to really care and have passion for it and continue to want to talk about it and protect the thing that we're using held that we're making to a point that we're personally exploiting for yeah for completely. notoriety or profit or whatever like that, right? Like if you're making a if you have a YouTube channel and you're monetizing it and you're filming your videos out on public lands to a point you're exploiting public lands, completely. right? And it's not exploitation's not always a bad thing, but you are making money and you're making yeah. a, a life off of something that's public, right? Yeah. Um, you know, myself included, I'll yep. put myself in that ring, obviously. Um, why do you think that the majority of people don't like, I always call it the bystander effect. Yeah. Like turning a blind eye to something that does affect you, but it's like, you don't want to deal with it. Well, you know, is that too many questions at one time?
1: Yeah, very much. So you may have to like break it down. This is Tennessee. So I <laughs> didn't go to public school. <laughs> um, you know, number one. You know, part of that bystander effect, people get outraged. Yeah. And they want to express that outrage. Yeah. But then something else comes along. Right. I mean, look at, you know, like you said, all the different fads that come along, they're here, they're gone. Yeah. And that's part of that same thing. It's almost like a fad. And for me, it was almost like, you know, Posting all the pictures of the gear, you know, doing all those things, making sure I got the logos in, talking about this, talking about that. Didn't matter anymore. Didn't matter. Why? Because I felt like that was contributing to the problem. Right. I wasn't being real. Right. Even though I... Strive to be very transparent, you know, you know, and still it's a big part of my, my platform, you know, PTS and first responders. I was an EMT firefighter rescue diver for 13 years and struggled with PTS, post-traumatic stress. But I felt like, I felt like I wasn't being transparent by putting up the pictures that showed the epic sunsets or sunrises or these cool campsites. And I would be stepping over trash.
0: Yeah. Or moving something out of the way. Just to to get that
1: just beautiful photo. And I was like glazing it over. I was purting it up. I wasn't being real. Right. All for the sake of getting followers or whatever that stupid game is. Sure,
0: Chasing the algorithm.
1: Chasing the algorithm. And, so I, when that whole Max Patch deal happened, obviously with it going viral and reaching over a million people, sure. my account like jumped a thousand people just sure. like that. Yeah. But when I continued the message, it stopped. It started? It, it like stopped.
0: Did it start to decline at all? Did you lose people, you think?
1: I lo- yeah, you I still lose every account. once in a while. Yeah, I mean, because they don't hear is, that. But what is that? Why? They don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They want to ignore that. That's, that's not a problem. That's not real. Yeah. And even all the other, whatever you want to call them, influencers or whatever, they don't want to talk about that because they know they will lose followers. Yeah. I stopped geotagging my locations, even in national parks, because the national parks are being overrun. And in this case of the Smokies, they don't have the manpower. They don't have the funding. Right. And if it wasn't for the volunteer organizations, they would have to close the gates.
0: You know, I think it, to kind of add on to what you just said, I've put a lot of thought about it, especially over the year. And I know I, I know you and I have had a conversation about this in particular because it took me a long time because I didn't understand that. I didn't understand like, well, if you care about something, and I mean, you know, not for nothing, but I'm, I, I'm a – way overly passionate person like Really? (laughs) Like if I like something, you're gonna find out about it, damn it. (laughs) And I'm not gonna shut the hell up about it until like I make people's ears bleed about it. Yeah. That's just what I do. Um but I've I've just I I had a really hard time struggling and figuring out why if you know if you've hiked the AT, if you through hiked the AT, it is a part of you. And every time you see a white blaze Every time you see the AT symbol on like a T-shirt or on a bumper sticker on the back of someone's car, you instantly feel connected to it. And it's like it lives in you. It becomes a part of you. So if something means that much to somebody that they're that connected to and that like they're willing to like buy earrings that have little AT symbols on there and people that wear like shirts that have tattoos, right, of trail tattoos, it's, it's that big of a part of you. Why people aren't more passionate about taking care of it, protecting it, and making sure that it's still there so they can continue to use it or, you know, to a degree, make money off of it or or whatever else. And it really bothered me over the last year. And I think it, it took a while. And then I realized that I think what the problem is is so many people use, without really realizing it, social media as an escape from everyday life. Yeah. So when someone gets on an Instagram account or wants to watch a YouTube video or something like that, it's escapism. They don't want to deal with you know the fact that they just worked a, a double shift at a, a job that barely pays them enough to pay their rent. Yeah. They don't want to think about um, you know how they're going to pay their electric bill that that month. They don't want to have to worry about the five kids that are in the other room screaming. They want to vicariously live through somebody. And escape. So then whenever somebody like you or I post something that is a problem that is serious that people should care about, people instantly turn off of it. Yeah. They don't want to see it. Yeah. It it, maybe it almost makes them angry. Yeah.
1: That's more they may even see it as negativity.
0: Yeah. And then I think that's whenever you get comments, that that's whenever you get stuff like people saying, Oh, well, you're a gatekeeper. You don't want me to come out to that national park because you're a gatekeeper. You don't want me on that trail because you're a gatekeeper because of yeah. something that you're trying to. So what, what do you think? Because the term gatekeeper is a very like, it, it, it's a weird term because I feel like to a point, if you love something and you want to protect it, you kind of have to be a gatekeeper for it. Right. You have to be a protector for it, right? Mm-hmm. and stand guard on it and make sure that someone's not ruining it. But do, you know, another point, they're public lands, right? Yeah. If 400 people want to come camp on the top of Max patch, that is their right to come camp on Max patch because it is right. public land. Mm-hmm. So there's like this strange balance of like what it means to be a gatekeeper and gatekeeping and and yeah. like who we should say, you know, nobody should not be allowed to enjoy something. But I guess what I'm saying is, what the hell is the answer? Like,
1: (laughs) Well, just like the situation with Max Patch, you know, even though, you know, I feel like anybody should be able to go and enjoy that. Absolutely. And as long as they do it responsibly. Yeah. You're expected to behave a certain way on public lands, to treat it a certain way. Just like when you get out here on the road, these are public highways. Right. You're expected to follow certain rules that should be the same thing there. It's no different. It's not just a free-for-all and do whatever you want. You know, I feel like, I feel like, too, our National Forest Service, our National Parks, our State Park Service, they have a responsibility, too, to protect those as well. Yeah. So you see people mistreating or misbehaving or whatever on public lands. Right. There's a duty to follow suit and make sure that They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, and because that also kind of goes into the leave no trace deal. Right. You know, you, you don't want to like interfere interfere with someone else's experience of the outdoors. It's kind of hard to do that when there's 400 people on two acres. Right. You know, you're like elbow to elbow.
0: Right. I know. As a friend of mine would say, an old friend, an old, an older man that I used to work for elbows to assholes.
1: Elbows to assholes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, Every time I've gone to Max Patch, I don't camp at Max Patch. Now I camp off about three quarters of a mile away. Yeah, I can still hear the partying going on on top. And and I hate that for people who are going there for the first time, who are hoping for that epic spot. Which ninety percent of the people who are there are, you know, college kids, especially on the weekends. Yeah, you know, they're coming in. I I looked at all the hashtags and and all that, and there's people coming in from, colleges from Georgia, sure. You know, Cincinnati UT is a big big offender, right? You know, and then of course North Carolina, South Carolina, all the surrounding colleges, and and I get that from last year because the colleges had shut down. You can't do your frat parties, right. you can't do anything like that. So all these fraternities were like, hey. Let's go up the road. Totally. We can go there, party all night, drink all the beer we want. No one's going to be there to tell us we can't, you know, and I've seen videos. I've had friends go up there to check and shoot a four minute video of them driving up Max Patch Road. Nothing but lines of cars on the Yeah, I've
0: seen, I've seen a bunch of people have been doing that, especially like during COVID and everything. People posting videos, like going to their favorite trailhead or the one of like somebody trying to drive up to like the blood mountain. Yeah trailhead in Georgia, like right there. Yeah. But yeah.
1: The interesting fact about max patch road. That's a North Carolina state road. Right. North Carolina state law says you can't park on the side of a North Carolina state
0: road. Mm, so people are breaking multiple rules.
1: Then. Yeah. And the North Carolina U S forest Service, as far as Pisgah knows that law, they were the one who told me. Right. And why they don't enforce that is cause part of the road has no parking signs. Part of it doesn't. There's a confusion there. And they don't want to deal with the confusion sure. of things getting, you know, messy in court or whatever, but to stand and do nothing. I mean, I've said it multiple times on my social media. I don't care if you're an individual, a company, a government, a, a municipality or a government entity. Yeah. If you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing on public lands, I'll call you out. Right. You know, not, not to shame you or anything like that. It's It's nothing about that. It's like, Hey, especially if you're, if you're a municipality or if you're like the forest service or the park service, you have a, you have a responsibility to be the steward to that land.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what I was going to, I guess, lead this into is, you know, we can point a finger at the national park service. So we can point a finger at the national forest service and the government and, Whoever's in office, whoever's the president at that time, whatever, whatever, yeah. and we can say enforce more rules and put more trash cans in and tell people no and and you know again like we're not trying to solve the world's problems no, and that's I mean you're talking like that's hard shit yeah <laughs> to get that done yeah so as a community as people that are affected by that that yeah. do get mad about that whenever they see a picture of 400 tents on max patch and see all of this trash i guess the question is like what do we do like what do we do as not only um the community but you know as as people that put media out people that share that with other people people that are responsible you and i are responsible for bringing more people out and showing something to somebody completely you know I, i can't tell you how many times like I've been out on a on a hike or something, or even like posting a little bitty snippet of a, a video on like a an Instagram story. And like I will literally have like 20 messages in my inbox being like, hey, where is that? Hey, where is that? Why people want to experience the same thing. People yeah. want to go see that same beautiful waterfall or that same beautiful view. Yeah. And they should. Right? Absolutely. They absolutely should. So to a point, it's our fault why so many more people are out there. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess, what is the, like, what do we do? Because, you know, we can say, like, well, we need to have more funding for for national parks, and we need to mm-hmm. have more funding for national forest, and the government needs to care more about these things. And, yes, that's all true. right? Yes, we should. Yes, we do. And that's a whole other topic oh, completely. that we won't even touch in this, right, yeah. um, that I think that we should all care about and we yeah. should all be fighting for. But on the small level, of you and I and everybody else that has a social media account, which I would assume, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you have a social media account because yep. it's probably how you found out about it. Or you have a cell phone, so I, I, I bet you you have either a Facebook or an Instagram. Morse code. Yeah, <laughs> just smoke signals. Carrier pigeon. <laughs> that's that's going to be the next app. Carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon app. <laughs> just real pigeons. Make a little note, send them off. Yep the next twitter. <laughs> yep.
1: It's literally a tweet.
0: <laughs> so what do we do as individuals to make sure that we are taking care of it and we are making an impact? And maybe in in the long term by doing that and there being more of us that are making some sort of a choice and and making a change that that will lead to those other things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel, well, what I've been doing personally for myself, number one, I don't geotag anymore. Right. You know, whenever I first started transitioning, I would do a broader geotag. Right. Instead of doing like Max Patch, I would say Pisgah National Forest, or I would say North Carolina or Tennessee. I'd make it much more broad. I think also in addition to that, I would, up trash while I was out there, right? Leave it better, you know. Let's practice, leave no trace when we're there. So,
0: I think it goes beyond that, right? I mean, it oh, goes beyond oh, just you not doing or you doing something for yourself, but I think it, it's sharing that, right?
1: That's the big key. I share it, I share it on my social media, what I'm finding yeah. and what I'm doing about it. I don't now, I'll sit and gripe and you know. You know, whenever I've done some cleanups at Max Patch, I'll just drive from here two hours right. to Max Patch to clean it up. That's my fuel. Right. And one of the things I, I, I've made very clear that I don't make very much money on my YouTube. I'm very lazy with my YouTube. He's lying.
0: He's making um, bank. I've got when, it. when I got here, he showed me this vault that he has in his basement. It, it's like if it's you've ever seen the old duct <laughs> the old a <duck> tails, <laughs> like, Episodes like where Scrooge McDuck is like doing the, like the, the butterfly <laughs> through the, <laughs> and he's yeah. like spitting out coins and shit. Like that's that's actually what we see. That you guys wouldn't believe the amount of money he's that. getting paid for sponsors on his, on his YouTube <laughs> it's channel. It's just sick. It's just sick. It's all in his septic tank.
1: <laughs> it's all in a septic tank. Yes, that's where I that's where I drop it. About every day. What about I'm about regular about once a day. That's where I drop it. But yeah, you know I. I think it's very important to share, not only what you're seeing but also what you're doing about it. Yeah, and that inspires people. I mean, there's been so many times I've been out to pick up.
0: I would hope so, man. Clean
1: up like, you know, a waterfalls, local waterfalls, or trail, or even at Max Patch, and have other people there, start picking up stuff and putting them in my bag. Yeah, it's contagious, and then you share that on social media, and then you get other people doing the same thing, like with geotagging, or not geotagging. I've had so many people to say, hey, you know, you have a point, you know, when you geotag, you're leaving a digital trace yeah. on that location.
0: Yeah.
1: And even though maybe Leave No Trace, you know, has changed their stance on geotagging, you're leaving a digital trace on that location. Right. And what I just want people to think, just stop and think before you decide to do that, what is the possible human impact of this place. How many people could it possibly support? And places like Max Patch, you're seeing people creating their own trails, Right. people pulling up freshly planted rhododendrons to try to control erosion and try to control the path. People pulling those out of the way just so they can go the quickest path possible or whatever it is, you know, but either way, I just want people to just, just take that time to think, what is my, what kind of impact am I placing on this?
0: And I think that that's important for a lot of people to hear, because I think that there's so many people, you know, for the past year, like I personally have, have, have chosen to take what I have made and, and like the life that I have made off of public lands. And having a YouTube account and Instagram. And obviously that's my job, right? Like I, I profit off of that. I have a company where I make media for outdoor Mm -hmm. companies. I personally have decided like, okay, well, because I'm doing that for me, I want to give back a portion of that to fund and help those things and and drive attention to that. And, you know, not everybody can do that because, you know, some people are just getting started. Maybe they're just trying to make their dream into their career or whatever. Right. So, you know, for anyone listening, you know, we're not saying like you have to do that. Like you, I mean, it'd be great if you can, but yeah. it, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to be a hardcore, like stand on the front line and yell about it and, you know, go out and hold a sign and, and you, you don't know, have to be
1: plugged in. You no, know, you don't,
0: have, you don't have to be plugged in, damn it. Um, but I think just by simply making these things, normalizing it, normalizing the picking up trash, normalizing, saying, leave no trace here and there. I think that as a community and as influencers, we can subconsciously put that into people's mind. I mean, I'm a living, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a living like proof of influencing. Like Mm -hmm. right now I cannot, you can't buy um, a certain sleeping pad by a certain company right now. Yeah. Um, to use in your pack setup that you've been wanting. Thank you. I appreciate because that. Because I said something about it in a video and now they're completely, and they've been sold out for months. Like you can't get them. So yeah. if I am able to talk about something that I like and that I use and it's normalized to me yeah, to an audience of people, so much so that where when I go to buy another one, I can't buy it. Yeah, I can influence somebody to buy something as silly as a sleeping pad, Yeah, as surface level as a sleeping pad. Surely I can convince people to care. Yeah. To to pick up trash when they see it. Yeah. To educate people, to not geotag. And if that means that I'm a gatekeeper, or that means that 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 Benny is a gatekeeper, like I, I just I have such a problem with that term, man, because like people think of it in such a negative way. And I think that there are people, I mean, on the reverse side of that, I think that there are people that are, you know, well, I, you know, a good example. Whenever I went out to um, start, this is before I even shot the film on mm. the Arizona Trail. When I, I really started making some videos about the Arizona Trail in 17, when I hacked a big section. right? I had some negative feedback from people being like, you're going to blow this trail up and more people are going to come out here and they're going to be hiking on my trail and there's going to be too many people on my trail.
1: Yeah. That's
0: gatekeeping. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, that's gatekeeping saying like, "Yeah, well, this is my, th-, you know, that eh, I won't mention the club. There's a certain club that's named after a certain very famous chain of mountains that is on the West coast that a lot of people on the PCT hike through it's the something club, <laughs> that are very much gatekeepers, yeah, they can't stand the idea that you know certain trails cut through certain mountains and mm-hmm. that certain people are coming out there, and it's that, so I think to a point there there is a form of gatekeeping, but oh, I think absolutely. if you're if you're just trying to speak up and normalize something that you're passionate about, that you love that you want to protect and continue to use so it doesn't get ruined, yeah, I think anyone to to turn around and say that that's gatekeeping. Doesn't really understand the term.
1: gatekeeper. Completely not. I, well, I mean, we're so quick as a society to throw out labels, anyways. Yeah, so quick. I mean, I've been called a gatekeeper. Yeah, I've been called elitist. I've been called
0: elitist.
1: I've been called Ooh. privileged. I've been called a racist, just because I'm against geotagging.
0: So it's you, not that. So called not, you a racist. Yeah, because no, you're yeah legit.
1: Yeah, legit. There's, um, there's a person. I'm not going to name no names, but.
0: Yeah, we don't, we they, don't, we don't drop names, no companies, like, we plug don't. Plug it in, hugs. Yeah, except for plugging it. In. <laughs> just some. <laughs> self-promotion. same Shameless self-promotion.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this individual, you know, basically has been attacking me for a while to the point where I had to block, yeah. you know, just because they didn't agree. And the bad thing is we used to be really good friends. Yeah. And, but it's just, I think a misunderstanding. I'm not against anybody from going outdoors or going to the public clans. Right. Just because I don't geotag.
0: Right.
1: You're welcome to ask me, Hey, where was that at? Hmm. You know, message me, say, Hey, where's that last post at? I that think that gives me a chance to open up that conversation.
0: Damn straight at
1: that. I say, Hey, you know, this is where it's at. Oh, and while you're there make sure that you're on this trail because this area is kind of fragile and it's been highly impacted and they don't have trash cans. Make sure you
0: pack out. And that's something so easy that anyone that's listening can do. If you are an influencer, if you have a YouTube channel, again, you don't have to be like me and like try to raise it. You don't have to go make a film. You don't have to be out there in the front lines with your fist up yelling about something. It, It literally comes down to, it is that simple. Yeah, if you can encourage somebody to buy a pair of shoes or a sleeping pad, you can encourage somebody to go out onto a trail. Yeah, like why can't you encourage someone to to think about what they're doing when they're out there and normalize that to where we can back and it is just that easy. It doesn't cost any money. Mm -mm. It doesn't cost any time. You get to be passionate and inspire somebody, and it's like it. It's sometimes like it makes me want to bang my head up against the wall because like. I feel like there's so many people that like, again, that that will rally behind something for just a second, get, yo, yeah, yeah, leave no trace and uh, hashtag give a shit. And then all of a sudden they just stop and it doesn't exist anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, a prime example of this is there's a particular waterfall in North Carolina off the Blue Ridge Parkway. And it's kind of a, kind of hard to get to kind of rugged and the ecosystem there is very delicate. Got a lot of moss, a lot of things everywhere. And there's been a lot of people starting to like go to that place because it's been over-photographed by hundreds of photographers. And a few of them have actually geotagged it. Most people want, will not, because it's kind of an unspoken thing that you don't geotag that particular location. But still, at a point that a lot of those rocks with moss on it no longer have moss because people are walking all over them. Right. So you're 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 affecting that particular ecosystem, impacting it negatively.
0: Yeah. Do you remember the whole the the monolith thing from last year in yeah. Utah? It did the yeah. same thing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It Some somebody put a, a random. It, it was basically it was a for anybody that's listening that has no clue what the hell I'm talking about. It was some I guess like social experiment or some art installation. Somebody put this monolith. If you ever watched um, Space Odyssey 2000. Yep. 2001, It's. It, I think that that's kind of what they were going for, like the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the special yeah. monolith or whatever. They put it out in the middle of the desert on public lands in this spot that a lot of people didn't go to. Somebody found it because that was the whole intention, right? Like, oh, yeah. we'll put this out here, and people will be like, oh, what the hell is this, and where the hell did it come from? It'll start this whole thing, and, yep. and that's what it did. But what it caused was so many people going out to this landscape yeah. that nobody visited. Yeah. And it started hardcore breaking down the area. People started yeah. tagging their names on rock walls yep. and stuff. And
1: Yeah, you had graffiti. You had people using the bathroom everywhere. Yeah. You had delicate plant life being trampled. You know, it was the, you know, what I've heard so many people tell me there's no scientific proof that geotagging is affecting these locations. That particular yeah. experiment was enough.
0: <laughs> no shit. Like- it
1: was like legit flat out destroying that area. Yeah. Yeah. and what I liked.
0: So if no one thinks, it, no one that's listening here thinks that geotagging doesn't hurt things. I mean, yeah, that, that is yeah. a perfect example of that.
1: Yeah. yeah, vehicle, Vehicles driving over plant life. Uh, obviously wildlife needs, you know, de- delicate wildlife. Yeah. Uses that plant life for a really I
0: think that it's, it's that point. It's like, it, I don't think it's gatekeeping. I just think it's like, well, it, Maybe, like, if that's what geotagging does to an area, yeah. Well, it's 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 not good. Yeah, like, completely. It, I don't think it's saying like, well, people shouldn't find out about this place. People should find out about it. Yeah, but maybe not on that level to where it becomes this like, you know, th- this popular thing that you have to see that people are going to overrun it. Like everybody needs to go out there and see that area and experience that area, but yeah, doing it in a responsible.
1: exactly and that's the thing for me personally that's the whole thing about geotagging that i have a problem with right because not everybody is going to treat that location with respect
0: yeah unfortunately yeah
1: it's the simple truth there's not enough people out there that treat everything with respect just people that just simply don't care they just want to go there and it may be some that this is their first time out there they don't even they didn't realize that you couldn't walk on that grass right We couldn't camp on that foliage or whatever, whatever, whatever was going on. But for me, that, that was just, that whole situation was just textbook as to what impact social media is playing in our public lands. And to see, you know, hear the story about those guys coming in, digging that thing up, hauling it out in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Love it.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Right. Those guys are heroes.
1: Those guys are heroes. So, I mean, you know, for me, I just want, you know, I want everybody to enjoy everything. It's just some, unfortunately, you have people who are disrespecting. For me, geotagging is like, you geotagging your house. Right. Unlocking your door, leaving it unlocked. Yeah. And leaving. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's how much geotagging makes sense. And
0: then it's like you're expected to not be pissed off when you come home and like, your stuff is missing. Yeah, your stereo is missing and your TV yeah. is missing on your wall. Yeah. And somebody spray painted like. Darwin sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on their wall. Yeah. What That happens all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll try to like take that down next time I'm there. I
0: appreciate it. Yeah.
1: But yeah, that's that's the way I, I you know, I've had a few, few people to ask about, you know, how would I explain it? And that's the best way I can explain it. Yeah. Geo Geotagging your house, unlocking your door, and leaving. And expecting all your stuff to still be there when you get back
0: right so, no one would do that so I guess with all that being said like like where do we go from there like like what do we do what do we do to try to educate to try to change things without you know where do we go to try not to make it seem like we're screaming at people because obviously that doesn't work right like screaming at people and telling them they're wrong and and being the the quote-unquote gatekeeper doesn't change anybody because people are gonna push back against that right like people are gonna get pissed people are gonna get on the defense so where do we go from here as as people that are using the outdoors whether you're an influencer or whether you're just a person that maybe you you have an instagram account and you you don't post anything you're just you're consuming other people's media but you still you go out to, you know, national parks, and you go out to, again, if you're listening to this podcast, if you don't, then I don't really know what you're doing here. Maybe you just here to hear my funny voice, but I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, right, <laughs> it's starting to turn yeah, <laughs> because yeah. of podcasts like yeah. this. Oh, yeah. That Completely. asshole's a gatekeeper. I don't yeah, like him anymore. Gatekeeper. Um. You know, where do we go from here as as a community, as influencers, as people that use the outdoors?
1: You know, I feel like if you have a social media account yeah. and you have one person following you, yeah. you're an influencer. You're an
0: influencer, right?
1: Simple. It's not about you got to have thousands of followers to be an influencer it's you, or trying to sell a product in every post or, you know, you've turned your social media into an ad which we've you seen know, a lot of lately. So it's insane. That's and that was one of the reasons why I stopped. It's yeah. like this is stupid. I see enough ads on Instagram anyways. Yeah. I, my account doesn't need to be an ad. Right. So I I ended all that. Right. You know, but you know, for me going out there and just sharing what I'm seeing, sharing what I'm doing and explaining why I'm doing it.
0: Right. Trying to wrap a message into it. That's it. That's
1: all you can really do. So if I'm out there removing the trace, erasing the trace that someone else has made, I've left it a little bit better. Yeah. If I influence someone else to do that, I just double my impact.
0: Right. It's power in numbers.
1: Power in numbers. Yeah. And like I said before, there's been many a times I've been out picking up trash that other people whether it be guilt or whatever, we'll pick something up and come over and put it in my bag. Totally. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. That's cool. I love it. I think that's how you make a change. Again, without going and marching on Capitol Hill and saying like, we need to fund public lands more without going out and shooting a documentary and and raising money without doing any of that. It it just is that easy. Like, it's just power and numbers. And if we can if we can normalize that and make that a part of our culture, I mean, it's a part of our culture to like, you know, want to be ultra light with our gear. It's a part of our culture to, to want to live out of a van. It's, you know, it, it, everybody is interested in that. So I think if we make, if we normalize that along with it, yeah, you can change the landscape. It's just that easy. You can start, it's, it can start its own subculture of like, this is what you do when you're out there. Yeah, This is how you treat it. This is how you influence other people. And then bam, we have a change. And then nobody has to fight for it because it's just normalized. It's just part of the experience.
1: Sometimes people have to see other people doing something first.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, we're all mockingbirds. Like we're all just like copying off of each other.
1: Sometimes we need to see others do it first because we don't seem weird. Yeah. So if everybody else did it, then we're not weird.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: It's normal. It's normal.
0: Right. Right? It's all normalized.
1: So, I mean, I, I feel like that's a big, big, huge player in that, Yeah. you know, and hopefully that catches on, you Good know, point. and we can, we can do little things like that. We can inspire people to do it, encourage people to do it. One of the things I do on, on mine, when I see other people's doing it, people doing it, I share it on my stories. Yeah. I uplift them,
0: and it's so, yeah,
1: and say, "Hey, these are responsible stewards. These are people. You know, thank you for your stewardship. Always make sure I thank people, and let them know I appreciate it. Yeah, whether anybody else does or not, don't I don't care. Right, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, they took the time to pick it up, carried out. Sometimes those are pretty big things. You know, I've I've dragged several tents off Max Patch. Right. I've watched friends drag tents off Roan Mountain. Right. Stuff left behind by people who just want to party.
0: Right.
1: But they took the time to drag that out of there. What aggravates me is when I see people post stuff and they are outraged, but they don't do nothing about it. Yeah. You could easily drug that tent, at least to the road, so it could be easier picked up. Totally. And hauled off. So to me, it's just take action. Yeah. Take action. Don't be afraid.
0: Don't be afraid to be the gatekeeper. Don't
1: be afraid to be a gatekeeper.
0: Don't be afraid. I'll stand there with you. Yeah.
1: I'll hand you the key.
0: Ooh, that was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you the key. I am the key master. (laughs) I'll give you the key.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things that, I mean, because if you think about picking up trash, what do you see on the side of the road? people picking up trash. Yeah. Typically it's people from jail.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: You know, prisoners, you know, dinner time.
0: They're doing a better job than we are. They're doing it as a job. community. Yeah,
1: completely 100%. <laughs> so, they're there doing their public service. So, we've turned it into a punishment. Right. We need to change that. We need to change it to we need to take responsibility. Yeah. Personal responsibility. Pick it up ourselves.
0: Just be responsible stewards.
1: Exactly. Just be responsible stewards.
0: A huge thanks to Benny for joining me as co-host on this episode. If you guys want to follow Benny on his various social media accounts and keep up to date with everything that he's doing and help join the good fight for responsible stewardship, you can check him out on Instagram, Facebook, and or YouTube at Plug It In Hikes. And if you live in the Tennessee, North Carolina area and wanna get more involved or support the Save Our Smokies efforts, follow them over on Facebook or Instagram at Save Our Smokies. Make sure to check out outdoorevolution.com to keep up to date with all of the various media projects we're working on, plus weekly articles about hiking and backpacking, bikepacking and bike touring, alternative lifestyle, and everything else that we are curating over there to hopefully inspire people to get outdoors and live their life more. And folks, I believe that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in.